Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Dick Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, the cold winter months are here, and this is where your windows need to be on their game. And this is where energy efficiency is really important. Keeping your home energy efficient keeps you and your family cozy while saving on energy bills, which is huge during the winter months, and your windows are vital in this fight. Pella uses low-E glass to reflect heat back in your home and to prevent conduction, which is the warm air in your house flowing outside. Pella Windows uses double-pane glass with insulating gas like argon in between the panes to keep the warm inside and the cold outside. Find out more by contacting your Local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert today, or go online to PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. If you want a great gift idea for the holidays, how about the gift of Runza? Go to RunzaShop.com. It is your home for all the best Runza shirts, socks, hats, stickers, koozies, baby gear, and more. You can even buy Runza sandwiches and have them shipped Anywhere in the U.S. Talk about a happy holidays. Runza shipped to your door. Oh, boy. It's an incredible gift. So give the gift of Runza this holiday season. Go to RunzaShop.com. That's RunzaShop.com. Runza makes it all better, especially the holidays. All right. Welcome back into the Nick Bob podcast. And even though Nebraska football is not playing any games, Nebraska football certainly always has a lot to talk about, and we got a lot to discuss here on this podcast. Some of the stuff I've kind of hinted at with with conversations, whether it's Dirk Chatlin or with Bo Rude, transfer portal quarterbacks, the roster configuration at this point. You have a lot of talented guys leaving the program. How, how do we all feel about that? Have some more changes in the coaching staff. So there's certainly a lot to discuss as it pertains to Nebraska football and Hey, Nick. Yes. Nick, I'm sorry. Hey, hi. Whoa. Sorry, okay. buddy. What? Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the flow of the pod, but I got something I wanted to tell you. Give it to got me. Some, got a surprise for you. Okay. Um, so this is weird. as of, as of, so yeah, sorry. I've never done this before. Yeah. Uh, so as this of Pat, about, everybody is my producer, this is Pat, Pat, hey, yeah, Pat, everybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are, uh, everybody here at heard at is extremely proud of what you've done and your podcast in general and everything that you've built. And just wanted to let you know that as of about three days ago, you crossed the 1 million download mark for your podcast. So that's a, that's huge. So you've done such a great job and you've become, um, a voice for not only Nebraska sports, Creighton, you've just become a, a voice that people go to and it's showing in the numbers on YouTube and in your podcast downloads. So I just want to say congratulations. Wow. A million, a million, a million downloads. That's huge. Huge. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, well, we've got, you know, we've had people that have been part of your podcast for a long time, like Pella at Runza as of late, our friends at Runza, your friends at Runza wanted to, they sent you something and I will get this mailed to you. It is a Runza sweater. Oh my gosh. It's got Runza's. 
it congrats. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever seen. Isn't oh, I need that in my life so bad. Oh, oh that's so it. good. Um, you'll have it right after Christmas. And then okay. um, we wanted, we made something for you um, because of, like I said, everybody is so proud of you. And a lot of people wanted to tell you how proud they are of you. So uh, I'm going to back out of here. And here you go. Congratulations, Nick. Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Nick. Bah. It's Aunt Vivian from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Daphne Maxwell Reed if you see me on the street. Congratulations. A million downloads of your podcast. I am truly impressed. Aunt Vivian is so proud of you. Fox Sports One is good to you too. Keep calling those college basketball games. They need to know what's going on. I want to congratulate you. And also, I would like to take this time to wish you and your family uh, a very, very happy holiday. Be well. Hey, Nick, Coach back here. Just want to congratulate you on your incredible success of your podcast. I'm not surprised at all, and I wish you all the best moving forward. Keep it going, pal. Nick, congratulations. What an awesome accomplishment. One million downloads on your podcast. I mean, I can't think of anything you have done that's better than that. Not children, not marriage, not your career broadcasting games. It's literally this. This is the high water mark of your life. It all goes downhill from here. Congratulations. Enjoy the ride down. Nicholas Allen Baugh, the man that made a million downloads happen. Congratulations, buddy. Um, that's quite a milestone to hit. Uh, you started from scratch and you made it happen. But uh, I know the future is also bright. So millions and millions and millions more downloads to go. I have such a blast recapping, wine podding, and uh, just laughing with you. So uh, cheers, congratulations, more to come. Hey, Nick, what's up? Eric Crouch here. Congratulations on the 1 million downloads. Very, very cool. I'm sure you're excited. Hey, happy holidays and wishing you the best. Take care. Hey, buddy. Uh, just driving around. Uh, I was actually just listening to your podcast. And uh, I've been told I was the one millionth download. So looking forward to the prize that I will be receiving, which I believe is an autographed picture of you with Michael Jordan when you were 12 at that uh, camp that you attended. Um, hey, congratulations on uh, 1 million downloads. That is awesome. Uh, I can't think of another podcast that I would want that to happen for. Uh, not one rings a bell. Um, no, seriously, good job. Happy for you. Happy to be not only a friend, but a business partner with you as well and a co-host with you. And uh, so I begrudgingly say congratulations on your solo venture and the success that you've had. Uh, no, seriously, great, uh, great job on one million, and uh, congratulations. I think that means uh, you're a millionaire, so congrats, buddy. Hey, Nick, Mitch Sherman here. I heard that you reached an incredible milestone of one million podcast episodes recorded. That's just, that is uh, fantastic. What's that? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's actually one million podcast downloads. Okay, well, you know, hey, still, great work. Personally, I am probably responsible for, oh, I don't know, like 644 or something like that of those downloads. Uh, you know, so congrats. Keep up the great work. You know, I had hoped to to record this message for you from 
the Lincoln Southeast Athletics Hall of Fame. Instead, I'm here in my living room by myself, and my message for you as you celebrate this achievement is simply to calm down. And I hope, Nick, that I'm able to join you on one of your podcasts again before you reach 2 million. Congrats, man. Joy and wisdom. Those two words don't usually go together in the same sentence when it comes to sports commentary. I watch a lot of shows. I listen to a lot of radio and podcasts. I read a lot of columns. It's hard to find joy and wisdom in the same place. Someone who makes you think, someone who makes you laugh, someone who brings happiness to your day. Nick Baugh, you do all those things. Congratulations on your 1 million downloads for your new podcast. Uh, you are the breakfast cereal with both blueberries and marshmallows in it. You give everybody a little bit of something to, to make their day better. And uh, we here in Omaha sure appreciate you. What? Congrats, buddy. I, I am. I know people, sometimes people get stuff. I am speechless right now. We, it, we, it was it, one of the easiest things we ever did was getting all those people to say those things about you i mean it was just asking them to do something no one said no and we had it right away so that just shows you the kind of support you have oh uh, from not gosh. only your friends but your your fans so we're extremely proud of you keep rolling and uh yeah just happy to be part of it well wow well thank you i mean i true i am i am flabbergasted right now i mean i <laughs> i had like an out-of-body experience when aunt viv popped up like i was like I, you know you, you sit there you're like okay and that looks like aunt viv yeah, no way that's Aunt Viv. We Wait a minute, it about, is Aunt Viv. We spent, we spent two days on Cameo trying to find the perfect one. And as soon as we saw Aunt Viv, we're like, that's it. It's oh, over. yes. I mean, yeah. she is she is my aunt for life. You know, that's pretty yep. much what she what she is. I am. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, I wish I had some super deep introspective thought after that. That's incredible. I mean, that is I mean, geez, Mac, Kevin, Crouch. Dirk, Mitch, Bo, Schick, like it is just that's that's incredible, man. I I can't I can't thank you enough uh, for putting that together. And then obviously, again, you I'll never forget where we started, Pat. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it right. was uh, it was back when it was Parkville, and now it's and now we've we've merged into a great partnership with Herdat. And yeah, you were our you, first. You were our first network podcast that we had you are our very first one. So you, you believed in us. We somehow convinced you to believe in us and uh, we've all, we believed in you from the beginning. So we appreciate that. You appreciate your trust. And I can't wait to see where the next few years take us. Well, you know what, man? I mean, the one thing you learn as you get older is you got to believe in people. And I've always believed in you ever since our paths Thanks, crossed buddy. in the radio world. So it really wasn't that hard of a decision to jump on board with, with, with you. And yeah, it's just, it's nuts, man. A million, like a million downloads it's awesome you know like i think about that first some of those first episodes with you at, at in omaha and figure in the tiny little room and, and just to see where it's gone it's just that's amazing hey seriously pat yeah that was so cool thank you, you got it, so buddy. much for for that Congrats. video man thank you you are you are welcome congratulations and now continue with your pod okay well man Bye, i don't buddy. know where to go from there thank you pat that's nuts man sorry everybody I, it's that's incredible, man. That's incredible. Eric Crouch popped on that thing. That's just, 
It's amazing, man. That's my favorite. Outside of the Rudes, Tom Rude, John Rude, Bo Rude, Barrett Rude, Eric Crouch, favorite Husker of all time. You know, that's just uh, that's just how it is. You know, and Viv popped on that thing. Whew, man. Uh, well, before I get into, into more of this, I mean, all this stuff wouldn't be possible without you guys. You know, I mean, it's the holiday season and it's all about, you know, spreading joy and love and 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 being with the people you love, you know, family, friends. And that's kind of how I feel about everybody that supports this podcast. Not only the people you saw in that video outside of Aunt Viv have not been on the pod. I will gladly accept a Aunt Viv to come on the pod. But, you know, it, it, this podcast would be nothing without, without you. And I mean, I remember one of the very first, I think the very first thing I, I said to you guys was, you know, I'm, I'm hopping on this road. I'm hopping on this journey. Who knows where it's going to go. Uh, but I, but I join everybody to hop on with me and I, I had no idea. It was a pretty big leap, man. I mean, I was walking away from a, a pretty good gig. I had a lot of security and all that stuff. And it was a pretty big leap for me to make, not to let you guys too much into my, you know, personal decisions and all those kinds of things, but it was, it was a big leap to, to go from you know a, a you know a radio show to launching my own podcast and and to be standing here with a million downloads is just uh, it's amazing man and it, and it wouldn't be possible without you guys so I, I I try to say it every handful of podcasts I try to wrap it up with like a sincere thank you to you guys none of this I mean none of this would be possible without your guys' support downloading the podcast sharing the podcast interacting with the podcast, all that. I do this for you. I love doing this, but this this is literally for you. Like I'm trying to give you guys what you want in terms of entertainment and 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 all those those sorts of things. So man, million downloads. Incredible, man. And Aunt Viv, of all the things I thought would happen today, that thing Aunt Viv would be would would be in my life. But she is. Shouts out to Aunt Viv. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Shall we talk a little Nebraska football? I feel like that's the only appropriate thing to do after a million downloads is to talk some more Nebraska football. Um, so, you know, Bo and I, I want to start with this. Bo and I talked a little bit about this on our last wine pod. If you haven't checked it out, go make sure you go check it out. It's, uh, it's on the podcast feed. It's on the YouTube feed, all that stuff. We got a little a little tipsy, to say the least. Uh, but Bo, Bo and I talked about how, obviously, Nebraska's in the market for a transfer portal quarterback. Duh, no secret. And, you know, it's been interesting as each day has passed, you know, the top targets, um, the top targets, at least for now, who else knows, who, who else knows, who, who knows who else will enter the portal here shortly, but the top targets are kind of one by one committing elsewhere. And I've fielded a handful of, of Twitter questions asking me about my concerns. Uh, you know, hey, what are you what are you thinking about all these? The transfer portal quarterback situation for Nebraska. Oh, gosh, Miles um, Brennan's going there and Spencer Rattler's going there. And, and you know, 
this guy's going there. Each guy that comes off the board, you go, oh boy. Because that's the thing is like, you know, each day that passes and each quarterback that comes off the board, you kind of feel like, well, it, the likelihood of Nebraska landing their top choice at quarterback probably diminishes a little bit. Now, I will say you hear you talk to people and listen to people in the know that that cover the recruiting world. You you hear from a lot of people that say there's going to kind of be like a second wave of transfer portal quarterbacks after the bowl games. Uh, so may, maybe there'll be an influx of, of different guys hitting the portal. I think it was maybe Wyoming's quarterback and running back right after the game might have been quarterback and wide receiver right after their bowl game, like went right into the portal. Like I think they like took their helmet off, showered and entered the transfer portal. So who's ever in that portal now, it may not be that way next week, the week after that, heck even after spring ball. So this can change, this can change, but while more quarterbacks can come into the portal, I I think the thing that's more top of mind for me is the timeline of all this thing. It's it's not necessarily about, you always want to make sure you get the right quarterback. So yes, it's about the who, but it's also about the win right now for me. And in terms of a timeline for this thing, to me, you got to have someone in place by the start of the second semester. So that whoever this quarterback is can go through spring football. So I would think that quote unquote, like drop dead date of having a quarterback in place would be that. And I believe the second semester at the university of Nebraska begins January 17th. So the reality is you got a few weeks, maybe like three ish weeks to be exact. So while, you know, again, I'm not ready to completely smash that panic button right now, but it's, I don't know. It's like I'm starting to identify where it's at. I'm like, okay, where's this panic button at? Okay, just so in a couple of weeks, if nothing happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna start smashing it. Again, you could land somebody maybe after spring football or whatever, but like it is not ideal for that situation to be what it is. Like ideally, Nebraska has their hand-picked transfer portal quarterback in Lincoln for all of spring football, right? Like you need to hit the ground running. You need all the practice time you can get. It is hard for a quarterback to show up in the summer and then be the day one starter. Oh, and by the way, think about this. As it, as it is right now, Nebraska is scheduled for another week zero game, just like they had this year. So that means everything's kind of moved up a little bit. Nebraska is slated to play Northwestern in Ireland in week zero. So you... You have to hit the ground running. And to me, that starts with spring pa- spring practice. And again, I'm going to keep like you could it. It's not like it's over. All hope is lost if you don't have someone in place by the start of spring practice. But at the same time, it's better for everyone if the transfer portal quarterback is here for the spring. Because that quarterback then, you know, think about it. That quarterback's to, a quarterback has to, is going to have to learn a new playbook, new terminology. new. They got a new head coach. They're going to have new teammates. It's a new city. All that. That's a lot. And the sooner you get here, the sooner you get rolling on that stuff. There's just, like, there's a lot of moving parts. Like, if you stop for a second and think about all the different moving parts of this thing, it's it's crazy. You get new offensive coordinator, new wide receivers coach, new offensive line coach. You're going to have new transfer skill players, you're going to have incoming freshmen, and you're going to have a transfer portal quarterback, and you're trying to mix all that up 
and get it to be clicking on all cylinders from game number one. That's a lot. That's a lot of work on that side of the ball. So to me, I'd really like to see a transfer portal quarterback in place for for spring. That's kind of how I'm I'm viewing all of this right now in terms of a timeline. Again, yes, it's about the who. You got to get the right guy in place, but to a certain extent, it's about the win as well. It's about the win. And so, you know, you you, you try to follow the the transfer portal quarterback recruiting and, and who's going where. And with, with each quarterback that gets taken off the board, I sit here and I probably overanalyze it and I try to think to myself, okay, you know, I wonder if these quarterbacks that are in the portal trying to crawl into their mind a little bit. I wonder if these quarterbacks that are in the portal are looking at Nebraska right now. And first of all, like Nebraska, it's maybe too harsh to say they can't really have, they don't have anything great to sell right now, but they don't have a ton of tangible things to sell. I mean, the record has been not very good. It is what it is. Three and nine last year, four straight losing seasons. And at the same time, they're changing things. New coaches, new system, new offensive coordinator, bringing in what you would assume is a lot of new players to probably get on the field and, and make an impact right away. So, so the, like when you think about, okay, Whipple and Frost and, and Mickey Joseph and all these people sitting down in front of a transfer portal quarterback, they kind of have to sell a vision on what things will be more so than what things are currently. And coming from someone that is transferred, when you are transferring, I've said this before, when you are transferring, you are seeking guarantees. That's what you, you're in the market for guarantees. Not only in playing time or a starting job, but you're seeking a situation that you know exactly what it is. And that's what's tough about Nebraska because the, the latter is somewhat tough to sell right now in terms of saying if you're I mean we all don't know what this thing's going to be so if you're a transfer portal quarterback you're kind of like I don't know what this is going to really be sure Mark Whipple can point to Kenny Pickett a guy who's a Heisman candidate could be a first round draft pick as his quarterback and say look this is what I did with this guy but that happened at Pitt with a different head coach in a different conference with different weapons around him I mean, don't get me wrong, joining forces with Mark Whipple is an attractive thing, but it's it's a unique thing to digest if you kind of just sometimes I don't think people put themselves in a transfer quarterback quarter a transfer portal quarterback's frame of mind enough. Like put yourself in that person's shoes and assess it. I mean, it's a different head coach at different conference, different weapons around them, all that's different. And, and speaking of weapons, I also think that weapon around the quarterback thing is real, too. You wonder, I, I, I was thinking about this, you wonder how attractive Nebraska's skill situation is to a portal quarterback as well. I mean, you look at it, Nebraska loses their two best pass targets in Austin Allen and Samari Ture. Nebraska, at this point, doesn't have a top-shelf, big-time running back at this moment. And I'd have to imagine all those things are a little concerning to a transfer portal quarterback. For example, think about this. Slovis, 
the USC transfer quarterback who was in the portal and Nebraska had targeted and Nebraska was in the mix for, Slovis chose to transfer to Pitt. And you may say, okay, why would you choose Pitt over Nebraska? Mark Whipple's not at Pitt. Mark Whipple's at Nebraska. Why would he go to Pitt? Well, a big reason for that, a big reason for Slovis choosing Pitt is he's walking into a situation where he's going to be throwing the ball to Jordan Addison. Addison won the Belichnikov Award, which is the top wide receiver in the country. He had 93, think about this, Addison had 93 catches, almost 1,500 yards, and 17 touchdowns last year. To put that into perspective, Samari Touré had 43 catches, 900 yards, 898, 900 yards, and five touchdowns. So, half as many catches, less than half, 600 fewer yards, and 12 fewer touchdowns. So I also want, and, and listen, that's the top guy. He's leaving. Now you're going to Betts and Manning and Martin. That guy's leaving. Talking about Torrey. So I wonder, I also wonder if there's some of that going on too, where these, these transfer portal quarterbacks are probably not only seeking a starting job and top shelf coaching, they're also seeping top shelf skill talent around them. And let's be honest, Nebraska's, at this point, you can't characterize their skill talent as top shelf. Can't do it. Like Omar Manning's out, you know, Xavier Betts, Oliver Martin, those guys are fine. They're fine. Like I see the potential, I do, but they still got to put it together and go do it every week, right? Like Xavier Betts has to, for whatever reason, he's hasn't been able to get on the field consistently every down kind of a guy. Omar Manning has to learn how to do that and be more consistent. Oliver Martin, now some of it could have been the injury, but I think he had over 100 yards receiving in that first game at Illinois. He was a big factor, and then he kind of just disappeared for the rest of the year after that. And, you know, I'm excited for Thomas Fedoni. But, you know, he hasn't caught a pass yet. So, and and then, you know, the running back room, we've been over that. Like, there isn't a stud in that room right now. And that's where Mickey Joseph really has to do some work. He's got a lot of work to do. Got to upgrade that skill. So, I, there's there's maybe a little bit of like a chicken and the egg thing going on right now with with all of this, where it's like these transfer portal quarterbacks are probably wanting to see what other rep weapons are there. And then maybe other weapons that are in the portal are probably waiting to see what transfer quarter portal quarterback is going to be there. So it's like, it's a weird, interesting spot to be in. So we'll see what, what happens the next few weeks and what that looks like on the recruiting trail. I mean, shoot, by the time I post this, Nebraska could have a transfer portal quarterback. And like I said, I don't think it's time to completely panic yet, but Nebraska needs to get a transfer portal quarterback in place by the start of the second semester. To me, you you need a guy, you really need a guy to go through go through spring ball. So something definitely to continue to monitor with that date of January 17th in mind. At least that's how I see it. At least that's how I see it. In other Husker football news, Nebraska's going to have to have a new defensive line coach because current, I guess now former defensive line coach in Nebraska, Tony Tuioti is headed to Oregon. In fact, it just went, it was, it was rumored and it just became official right before I turn on the mic here. He is heading to Oregon. Here's my take on that. Um, I think it's a hit. I think it's a bummer. I don't think it has to be a sky is falling sort of deal though. I don't think you have to sit here and go buy a bottle of whiskey and just lose your mind. I, I thought he seemed to do a really good job, right? Like I like how that position has progressed 
since his arrival a couple of years back. But I also think Tony Tuioti inherited a pretty good situation because while that while that uh, position group got better, it also got older. Ben Stilley, uh, Damian Daniels, like th- so th- those two things sometimes kind of go hand in hand. But bottom line, that that group improved and played well, and you got to acknowledge and tip your cap to Tony Tuioti for that. And, you know, I'll say this. The one thing I don't like about it for Nebraska is you really wanted to keep as much continuity on that side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, as possible, right? Like that side of the ball, whatever's on that side of the ball is is going well and is working. You you want to keep whatever mix of personalities and coaches and all that stuff, you want to keep that together because you're enduring a ton of change on the other side of the ball that we just talked about. So in that regard, this is a blow. As far as filling that, that position goes, this is where it gets interesting. Does Scott Frost just straight up hire a new defensive line coach, which is entirely possible? Or does Scott Frost move Mike Dawson, who's the outside linebackers coach currently, does he move Dawson back to the D-line, which is where Dawson was originally before uh, a few years back, and then maybe Barrett Rude takes both the inside and outside linebacker spots, takes both those positions, which then the reason that's an, an intriguing thing to to pursue because it free that would really clear up and free up Frost to hire a special teams coach, full time special teams coach, and a running backs coach because like that's the one potentially positive thing about Tuioti going is it could kind of clear up and make a nice clean path for hiring and filling out the staff and assessing that special teams coach situation that is a huge, huge situation to assess. Because with all these coaching changes, the big elephant in the room when you're kind of assessing it all and and maybe how it's all going to ultimately look come first game of the year was, you know, how is Scott Frost going to fill all of the staff positions if he hires a special teams coach? If he makes one of those coaches a full-time special teams coach, something's got to give. Either maybe the running back coach, you can't have a running backs coach, it's going to be an analyst or whatever. Like, something's got to give. The Dick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, life is about great combinations. Jay-Z and Beyonce, me and Dana Altman, Dre and Snoop, Adrian Martinez and Austin Allen. Great combinations make life better. And the legendary combination of chili and cinnamon rolls is back at Runza. Runza's homemade chili with real ingredients combined with the sweet deliciousness of cinnamon rolls. It just doesn't get any better than that combination right there. As a lifelong Nebraskan, I've grown up having chili and cinnamon rolls. So it's it's a way of life for me, man. And Runza's chili and cinnamon rolls really symbolize the fall football season. And as that weather starts to get a little chilly, you know it's time you go get some chili and cinnamon rolls from Runza. Nothing better than on a cool fall day having a nice warm cup of chili from Runza. Mm, mm, mm. This legendary combination is only available for a limited time, so you know what you need to do. You need to get out to Runza today and get your homemade chili and cinnamon rolls game right. Runza makes it all better. Dirk Chatlin on my podcast suggested that he thinks Scott Frost should take the special teams and he should be the coach, which actually, the more I thought about it, I think it's a pretty good idea. I don't know how much that maybe 
runs counter to the whole idea of him becoming a CEO, kind of overseer of everything. But there's no doubt if you want to send a message to your team like this matters, special teams is important, the head coach taking it sends that message. But nevertheless, it, it's, it's a lingering problem that Frost has to solve. And maybe, again, maybe Tui Odi leaving makes everything fall into place with, with the staff in that regard. Dawson goes to D-line. Rude takes both linebacker spots. You have Eric Chenander as a defensive coordinator can maybe help out with the linebackers a little bit since he's coached that position before. And maybe, you know, or maybe Dawson takes the D-line and the outside linebackers to keep some continuity there. Uh, and then Frost can go hire a special teams coach and a running back coach, and boom, off you go. So we'll see. We'll see. If, if trying to look at, like, the the silver lining or the glass half full of two Yodi leaving to me, one of those things is probably, Hey, maybe, maybe this makes the filling out the rest of the roster or the rest of the, the coaching staff in terms of duties, maybe a little bit easier for, for Frost to do while he's still hiring a special teams coach. If he wants to do that, which I think he should. And I think everybody thinks he should. The other part of this, of this Tony two move to monitor is something you always get concerned with, whether it's head coaches leaving coordinators leaving, or even position coaches leaving is players hitting the portal at that position and either going elsewhere or following the coach where he went. Case in point, DeColdis Crawford, the greatest name of all time, following Mickey Joseph, he was a wide receiver commit to LSU. Mickey Joseph goes from LSU to Nebraska. He follows Mickey Joseph to Nebraska. What you, what you could get concerned with is what you hope doesn't happen is all of a sudden this leads to a bunch and a, a handful of Nebraska defensive linemen hitting the portal. Players like Ty Robinson or Casey Rogers, those kinds of dudes, you hope don't hit the portal and and transfer somewhere else or follow Tony Tuioti to Oregon. That That's another thing to always kind of monitor with this stuff too. But we'll see. We'll see how kind of the domino effect of this whole thing un, unfolds in that regard. But it is official Tony Tuioti heading to Oregon, so... Certainly another another problem or decision has hit Scott Frost's desk that he has to make with what he's doing with that. Another thing I was thinking about with Husker football. The other thing that has been a, interesting to watch, and I, I again, I touched on this a bit with Bo Rude in the wine pod. Go check it out. But I want to dig deeper. The, the other thing that has been interesting wa to watch over the last couple of weeks with Nebraska football is all of the top players that had a year of eligibility remaining elect to leave and enter the NFL draft. Cam Jurgens, Austin Allen, Damian Daniels, Cam Taylor Britt, and then Adrian Martinez being the one guy to, to not enter the NFL draft, but hit the transfer portal. Bottom line, those guys are leaving. And then you add to it the fact that you have seniors like that are that are super talented leaving like Jojo Doman, Deontay Williams, Samari Touré, on and on and on. But I, if you think about it, with all with everybody that's walking out the door, both guys that are that have eligibility that are electing to enter the draft, or guys that are just graduating, if you if you were to make a list of the of the ten to twelve best players on Nebraska's team last year, in no order, here's here's who I would name. JoJo Doman, Austin Allen, Damian Daniels, Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor Britt, Adrian Martinez, Samari Torre, Deontay Williams, Ben Stilley, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, Markel Dismuke. You could throw my boy, the ultimate warrior, Garrett Nelson, in there. That's 
12, 13 guys right there. 10 of those 12 or 13 guys that I named are not coming back. That's over 80%. And listen, man, any way you slice that, that's a little concerning to me. Just think about it this way. Nebraska lost its two best pass catchers, its best offensive lineman, its best defensive lineman, its most dynamic player in the secondary, its top two interception leaders, its best playmaking outside linebacker, and a really athletic, dynamic four-year starter at quarterback. I mean, damn, that's a lot walking out the door. And what's tough for me is I was one of those guys heading into this past year that I saw a lot of potential in this team, mainly on the defense, because there were a lot of returning guys that had experience that were their their best players. They were returning a good chunk of their best players. And that is not the case with this team right now. Albeit this roster's in flux and to be determined with what it all looks like. But all you can go off of is what you're looking at right now. I would just, I would feel way better about things right now if I knew Cam Jurgens, Damian Daniels, Austin Allen, Cam Taylor-Britt were all coming back. Like, I would feel way better about everything heading into next year. Would you still have a lot of holes to fill and a lot of work to do in the portal and bring it guy? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'd feel better if all those guys were coming back. But all those guys are gone. And that's a lot of production and a lot of experience to fill. Again, to me, Nebraska's losing 10 of its top 12 players. It's not ideal. Now, to be fair, the counterpoint to this is what both threw out in our discussion of, yes, Nebraska is losing 10 of its 12 best players, but Nebraska wasn't winning with those guys. And listen, it's a valid counterpoint. It's a valid point. Sure, you lose a lot of the top players, but it was on a team that went three and nine. So, I mean, that's a, that's a valid thing to consider. But I guess to me, like, I just struggle. I struggle to, in good faith, sit here and say Nebraska's better off. They are better off without Austin Allen, Damian Daniels, Cam Jurgens, and Cam Taylor-Britt. They're better off without them. I can't, I can't sit here and say that. Or Nebraska loses 10 of its 12 best players. That's fine. That, that's, that is totally fine. No big deal. Like, unless you're Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Bama, like, I don't think anybody can say that and be like, that's eh, fine. Well, in Columbus, Ohio, they got like five stars on five stars and pros in the second and, you know, in the two deep. Second and third string guys are like chomping at the bit to come in and light the world on fire. That's not Nebraska right now, obviously. So Nebraska got a lot of work to do with either developing and getting some current guys on the roster to step up into those spots, fill those that production, and then some. Guys like Fedoni and DeAndre Thomas and Betts and Manning and Quentin Newsom and Miles Farmer, like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Nebraska also has a lot to do with a lot, a lot of work to do in the transfer portal as well, because the reality is Nebraska needs to get a bunch of impact guys in the portal. 
they got to hit at a really high rate in the portal, man. And it's hard to do. It's 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 hard to do. Because some guys are maybe leaving power conference teams for a reason. Like, like a guy like Marquis Stepp. Like, he came here, yeah, was at USC, but never really could take ownership of the position and, and produce. And then, or you get guys that are maybe moving up a level, and sometimes it works. Samari Ture, sometimes it doesn't. So we'll certainly the the roster situation is is and who is leaving is concerning to me a little bit. Speaking of the roster and adding guys, think about this: since the offseason started, Nebraska has added a bunch of specialists to their roster. Nebraska's added a punter, two kickers, a long snapper, and a returner. And one of the lines that Scott Frost gave often in his media sessions or post-game press conferences was, hey, Nebraska has a specialist problem, not a special teams problem. Well, it sure seems like Nebraska is going to have all new specialists next season, which is very, 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 very much needed. Now, they they need to be coached up better as well, right? Like, I'm sure it's it's all-encompassing. It's all-encompassing. And you look at, sure, De- Turney kicked it the wrong way at Michigan State. 50, you have 15-yard shank punts by various guys. Connor Culp went into the tank, missed extra points, easy field goals. Cam Taylor-Britt caught a punt for a safety to start the year. Like, all those things are a part of Nebraska's special teams problem because it falls under the umbrella of special teams. But... All that is also just individual dudes going brain dead and making simple routine mistakes that high school specialists wouldn't make. So again, it's all encompassing. A part of it is getting coached up better, getting a special teams coordinator to really lock in on this thing. Sure. But they also need some better and different specialists to go out there and, and do their job. And it appears like the latter is at least getting addressed. Having different, a different punter, a different, I mean, Nebraska's probably going to have a, a different punter, different kicker, different long snapper, different returner. They're going to have all different specialists out there. Which I think is good. Now we'll see who's coaching it. That's the next thing to keep an eye on. So there you go. Never a dull moment in the world of Nebraska football, right? There's just always a million different things to talk about. A million different things to talk about. So again, uh, man, this is, uh, I can't believe I even was able to transition and talk like seriously about Nebraska football after that, that unbelievable surprise for people that were listening on the, uh, uh, j- just uh, the audio, make sure you go check out the YouTube and because there's video of all those Ant Viv and Chick and Kugler and coach McDermott and Eric Crouch and Mitch Sherman and Dirk chat, like all those guys are, are on camera delivering those messages. So if you haven't checked out the, the YouTube page, go do it. Go check it out. Subscribe to the YouTube page. You can check out that video. If you want to see Aunt Viv make fun of my last name, which is just like, I mean, my life's complete now. You should go check out that video. That was cool. So shouts out to Pat and everybody that heard that for, for making that thing happen. That was amazing, man. Jeez. And shout out to you, most importantly, for downloading this podcast. A million podcast downloads. A million. It's pretty cool, man. Pretty gosh darn cool. So subscribe to the pod. Like the page, subscribe to the to the YouTube page, leave a rating, a review. It all helps you boy out. You can email me, Nick at nickbaugh.com, and uh, we'll catch you next time on the Nick Baugh Podcast. A Huda Media Production.